Come on. He's so amazing. Yes, yes, he is. All right. Father, your presence is here. It's so sweet. I don't know if y'all feel it. It's so sweet. Does anybody else have a testimony? We're going to go into the word. So today I want to talk to you all about faith and about the, 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 the spiritual fight that we're in right now. And so the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold to eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So right there, if you understand, if you can hear this for a moment, the Bible says the fight, the good fight of faith. That means that what you are against, what uh, Miss Lisa experienced, what Miss Lindy experienced, what Kiera experienced was the faith in God that they're fighting. It's not necessarily the enemy. I mean, the enemy is there. God, I believe that he's defeated, but the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants your faith. He wants your faith. So at the end of the day, he wants Miss Lisa to look at her circumstance and say, there's nothing I can do. Oh my gosh, this, that, and other. He wants her to lose her faith. And so the Bible tells us the fight the good fight of faith. When my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I had to, nope, mm -mm, nope, in the name of Jesus, she is healed. We stood on that. I had to fight the good fight of faith. So the things that you're encountering in your life, whatever it is, if you look at it, it boils down to your faith. It boils down to the word of God. Whose report will you believe when you stand on the word? And so... Like I said in John 10, 10, it says the thief has only one thing in mind. This is what he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? It says, but I have come to give you everything in abundance. Right? It says more than you expect. Life in its fullness. I'm sorry. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Life and life more abundantly is what God has come to give us. And this is what we have. This is the promise that we have as children of God. But whose report will you believe? And so when you look at your life right now, you, you need to ask yourself, God, am I laying hold to what your word truly says? Am I living life, but not only going through the motions of life, but living life in abundance? Do I have an abundance of your joy? Do I have an abundance of your peace? Do I have an abundance of your love? Am I living in this abundance to the point to where I can be in any situation and I can say, God, I'm going to believe your report because your word says dot, dot, dot. Amen. And so the enemy is after that. When, when, when Jesus was, was, was on his 40-day fast, the enemy came to him and, and, and God, Jesus replied with everything that the enemy said with it is written the enemy is after the word of God in your heart because he knows that that's how your faith is built and so when when the enemy went to Eve in the garden well he he challenged the word he said well did God really say you see what I'm saying so so if we understand I need I need to build this foundation because the the thing that the enemy is after in your life is the word of God 
which is your faith. It's the thing that we stand on. If, if I was given a, a call for my daughter and, and we got a phone call, and I think I may have given this analogy before, saying that she has a full ride, she has a full scholarship, and they just called us. She didn't even move in yet. We don't have a paper or anything. We would just hold on to that word, and we would be so excited. We would have faith in the word that, yeah, she has a full scholarship. It's the word that he's after in your life. Amen? And so... It says that that um, the the first miracle that Jesus did was what water into wine, right? When he, when when Mary, his mom, was in control, she was like, "Uh, uh-uh, not today. We ran out of wine. Hold on, Jesus, come here." Jesus was like, "But it's not yet my time." But uh, uh-uh, come here. And then she told the 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 the, the servers in there, "Do whatever Jesus says." Yeah. Do whatever Jesus said. If you can hear this in the spirit, there is so much. There's so much revelation in his word and really standing on his word. She told them to do whatever he says. And so God wants us to get to a point in our lives to where we do whatever he says. Right. So it just wasn't for that moment, but it's for that moment in our lives. We're to grab hold of this because the enemy, when the word comes, he's trying to steal it. He doesn't want it to take root in your heart. He doesn't want it to, to be a foundation to where when you go through something that Ms. Lindy went through, she said, I didn't lose faith. And even when I couldn't pray for myself, I felt the prayers of the saints going up for me. It's the faith. And so the Bible again says to fight the good fight of faith. And so Hebrews 11 and 1 it says, now faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read the Passion Translation. It says, now faith brings our hope into reality and becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. Right? It says, it's the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So, so Ms. Lindy said, I, 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 you know, the reports say this. But I have faith in this, right? And so she had faith to bring in the thing that was unseen into her realm, right? So she's bringing heaven into her realm. And it says, the testimony of faith is what um, previous generations were commended for. It says, faith empowers us to see the universe, to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's what? Words. Words. He spoke in the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So faith is the deed to the unseen realm. And it's your agreement with God's word that brings heaven into reality. And so I want to ask you in your life, the things that you're going through right now, what are you agreeing with? Because you can come into agreement with two things. You can come into agreement with the lies of the enemy or the truth of God, God's word. You can come into agreement even with what may look, may look, you know, okay, for instance, I have an aunt who was suffering with COVID. I had no idea. She lives in North, North Dakota. And my uncle calls me and said, Timmy, I need you to call your auntie because she's really going through with COVID. And so I call her and she sounds really bad. Like, I was like, wow, she's, you know, she just was out of it. And she was like, yeah. You know, and, and but anyhow, I was like, okay, whose report will I believe? I know that COVID has to bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. Right? I know this. So I'm gonna stand on the word of God. So I prayed for her 
And I believe that God was going to touch her body. I believe that COVID was going to lift up off of her and leave her in the name of Jesus. And so I prayed for her. And then the next day she calls me. She was like, she sounded like a brand new person. She said, literally, Timby, I thought this thing was about to take me out. And so God showed me that there was something with the power of agreement. When the enemy tries to bring fear into your life, if you agree with that fear, you've given it liberty. There is something in the power of agreement. When the enemy tries to bring fear into your life, if you agree with that fear, if you come into agreement, the enemy has an open door into your life. And so she... And so she was like, I thought it was going to take me out. She was like, I've sweated all night. She sweated that COVID out of her all night. She was like, I feel well enough to go to work on Monday. She felt good. She couldn't even get out the bed when I was praying for her. And so here she is experiencing the love of God because that's exactly what it was. Even while I was praying for her, I could just see God's heart for her. I could just see how much he loved her. How much he loves her. And so, the, like I said, she was healed. She felt so much better. And to the point where God raised her to a point where she thought she was, she was like, I thought I was seeing mama, you know, her, my grandmother and everything. Like she was, she, she thought that was it. And so, but, but God, amen. But God. And so again, my question to you is whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? And so God has given us an armor. He's given us armor. And so remember, the fight that we're in, he said, fight the good fight of faith, right? But the thing about it is that this fight is not a flesh fight. It's not, oh, Miss Lindy don't like me and such and such, and I'm going through this on my job and all this stuff. No, it's not a flesh battle. So let's, let's get that. Let's put that aside. This is a spiritual battle. And so in Ephesians um, 6, Kira, if you could read that for me real quick. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 17. If you have your word, turn there, because this is so good. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 17. And you do NIV or whatever. This is God talking to us. He, now, now, let me say this while, while I set up. If you've not read Ephesians, go through and read Ephesians. Because when he wrote Ephesians, he was talking to all the church, all the believers. I know there are certain letters that were addressed to certain churches, but this is for everyone. So at this point, he's like, finally, my brothers, right? And so Kira, read that for me. Yes. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All right. Verse 16. If in your own time, go back and read this passage because it's so good. But verse 16 says, above all. Now he's given, these are the armor that you need. to. Now it says put on. 
That means you have to do something. You've got to put it on, right? You have to take the initiative, right? And so in verse 16, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench some of the fiery darts, all of the fiery darts. And what is it? The shield of what? The shield of faith? Come on. Take the shield of faith, which is able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word. He's given us things to fight back with. I think so many times as, as Christians, the enemy will come at us and we're just so, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, being, I'm in this battle. Oh Lord, woe is me. No, he's given you something to stand on. He's given you something to put in your hand, to put around on your health, on your head, and to protect you, to come back. Remember, Jesus said, it is written. If you don't have anything to fall back on, how are you going to pull up something that's in you? When the enemy says, oh, you're going to go through this, and you're going to, no, mm -mm. that's not what my God says. That's not what Jesus has for me. That is not, sickness is not my portion. Uh-uh, I'm to say not today. You see what I'm saying? But we're too busy agreeing, agreeing. God doesn't want us to agree. I feel like this is a moment where he's beginning to wake us up. Like, wake up. I have something for you. Wake up. There's greater. There is truly life and life more abundant. There is truly a place that you can live in where you feel so peaceful. Whew. Where you feel so peaceful no matter what's going on around you. There is a place where you can live in that place. There is a place where you can live and remain in his love and you can abide in him. There is a place. Yeah. But the enemy wants to try to get your mind. The enemy wants to try to get you to, to, to not to, I don't know, be upset. All these things. But the, but he's a liar because we're going to stand on his word. Amen? Amen. And so the next thing is how do we get faith? Remember I was saying earlier, it says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing what? The word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another translation it says, it says, faith then is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. A heart that responds to his word. Mm. It, the Bible says, out of the heart. What does it say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. They say if you ever want to hear anybody's faith walk or ever want to know what they're going through, talk to them for about five to seven minutes and you'll hear exactly what's in their heart. You'll hear exactly what, what word they're standing on. You, you can tell the faith of someone because it flows out of the heart and out of the mouth. And so, again, I have to ask you this. I have to ask you this. Does your speech agree with the lies of the enemy or the truth of God's word? Think about what you're talking about. The Bible says to take every thought captive. Amen. That means that every thought that comes through your mind, it should be captive. Because yo, there's something that we need to understand because not every thought is ours. Sometimes I'll, I'll get a thought and I'm like, oh, that, mm -mm, that's the enemy. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That was not my thought. You see what I'm saying? But then the Holy Spirit controls our mind too. But also we have our own thoughts. But some of the thoughts that we take, some, some like the enemy can give us a thought, and we can just, oh, coddle it. 
oh, this is just my thought. Oh, what was me? You know what I'm saying? Not, it says the kit take every thought captive. Amen. Right? And so it is the, the word of God that that is gonna build your faith. So your confession over your life has power in what you speak, not only power over your life, but what you speak over other people's lives. And so Miss Lindy felt the prayers and the things that people were speaking over her life when she felt weak. They were able to come together as a body and a family. And so your words have power. Yeah. The Bible says that there's what? Does anybody know life and what? Yeah. Life and death in the power of your words. Wow. I think about that and I'm just like, I am a creative being. Amen. I am a creative being. I can speak life to someone. I can speak. I can cause COVID to dry up and to die up in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're a creative being. You have something so powerful in you that even the enemy sees it when we don't see it ourselves. He understands. And so the next thing I want to talk to you about is how faith works. Now, if I have the piano, for instance, and that represents faith, but it's unplugged, will the piano work? No. And so it says in the Bible, in Galatians 5 and 6, here, can you read that too? Galatians 5 and chapters. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And this is how faith works. How do you begin to, to, to make, to have faith move in your life? How does it operate? Go ahead. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. The what? Faith, faith expressing what? itself in love. Expressing itself in love. And so when you plug it into the love of God, that faith begins to work in your life. And so you can't have faith without having love, right? And above all, he said to love, right? And so love is what is going to generate your faith. Mine, mine says all that matters now is living in faith that works and expresses itself through love, right? If your faith is not plugged into love, which is God, it will not work. Your faith in God will increase the more you surrender and fall in love with God and you allow him to love him and you fall more in love. For instance, when me and my husband started dating, you know, I was like, mm, I don't know you all that well now. Hold on. You cute though. <laughs> yes. But the more I got to know him, the more I fell in love with him. The more he loved me, the more I surrendered. The more I surrendered, the more he loved me, right? And so, and out of this birthed trust and faith in what he could do for me and how he could be possibly the father of my kids one day. We can build a home together one day. We got a future, you know? And so that's the same thing with God. God is saying, surrender to what I'm doing in your life. Allow me to love you. I don't care what circumstances you're going through. Don't believe the lies of the enemy based off of what you did, all that stuff. Allow me to love you and allow your faith to grow more in me. Faith expressed by love. Amen? Amen. 
So the next thing is, remember the first scripture I gave you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundance. God wants you to live in that abundant life. And, and, and so if we're going through life and we're stuck in fear and we're stuck in anxiety and we're stuck in, in all these different things and addictions and we're stuck in these things, that's not the life. That's not the abundant life that God has for you. God says, I give you life and life more abundantly, right? And so if you're, if you're going through something, I don't know, with your finances or in your marriage or all these things, God is the one who was able to come in and rewrite your story. But you have to believe his word. Don't give up. Don't give up. Allow him to come in. But it requires us to surrender. Because so many times we think that we can do it on our own. I mean, I've been there. It's, it's sometimes easier for me to just, God, I, I got this because I have control of it. And I can do things how I want to do it, right? But God is requiring us to surrender. Surrender. Surrender to yield to him. And so one of the things that he's been dealing with me for almost a year, in March will be a year, is closing the doors to the enemy. He's like, tell my children that, they're, that I've got so much for them. But the enemy, he's real. He's defeated. But at the same time, there are things that we do in our lives that give him an open door. He's also compared to a fly. You know, when, you have, when you, you're coming inside and a fly slips in because that door is open, and we trying to, oh, oh how did I fly get in here? Through an open door. And so these are the things that God has, has shown me. He said, it's difficult to praise and worship and serve the Lord if we're bound. It's difficult to praise and worship and serve the Lord if we're oppressed, if we're sick, and if we're influenced by the enemy. All right. And so what he's saying is that in, in Isaiah 61 and 1, it says that the spirit of the Lord has Jesus. This was prophesied. Jesus read this. He said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. And so he has come. To set us free. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. He's come. To set us free. Glory. That we might have life. And life more abundant. Yes. That we won't be stuck. And just going through the motions. As a saved Christian. Right? And so the enemy knows that if he can just keep you bound, he can keep you so focused on the issues that you're going through to where when, the, when God does tell you to pay for somebody else's groceries, you won't hear it. When God does tell you to pray for Miss Lindy because you know, oh yeah, just, just, just lift her up, pray her strength, you won't hear it because you're so focused on the things that have you bound. And so that's what the enemy is after. Yes, we're saved and we're saved by grace through faith. So everybody who's saved has a measure of faith. We all have, have faith because we know that we didn't save ourselves. Amen? Amen. And so what the enemy wants to do is to keep you bound so that the thing that is in you 
something so powerful. The Holy Spirit, the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the power that is living inside of you. Come on. He doesn't want that out. He doesn't want you sharing the gospel with your brother. He doesn't want you sharing the gospel with a coworker. He doesn't want you praying for people. He don't want that. Just go through life and be a good little Miss Lindy. All right? Just don't share what you have in you. Don't, don't release the light that God has placed upon you. Don't, don't do it. Just be bound. And so that's what the enemy is doing. He's fighting your faith. He's fighting your agreement. He's fighting your mind. He's fighting your words. That's what it is. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Good word. Amen? Amen? And so, in Proverbs 23 and 28 and 13 here, if you have your Bible, turn there real quick. Pastor asked me for my scriptures. And I was like, I don't have them, but I do have a lot of scriptures. So let's go to Proverbs 28 and 13. Because the enemy wants us to live isolated. The enemy wants us to live as if we have everything okay. He wants us to cover stuff up. He wants us to suffer in silence. Go ahead, Keith. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. All right. Mine says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. There's mercy to be found in confession and renouncing. And I was like, well, God, what, what, what tell me more. And so in 1 John here, verses chapter 1 and 9, write this down if you have it, because this is so good. He's such a good father. He's so good. He needs us to surrender to him. Surrender requires transparency. Surrender requires for me to be real, because he already knows, y'all. He knows what we're facing. And so go ahead, Kira. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So confession. It says, but if we freely admit our sins, when his light uncovers them, when he brings it to us, not to put us in guilt, shame, or condemnation, because there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It says that he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive our sins because of Christ, and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord. And so I feel like God just, want, we're going to give him a moment real quick to shine his light. We're going to give him a moment. We're going to surrender. We're going to say, God, show me the things. Shine your light on me. The things that are in my life. That's not pleasing in your sight. Don't cover it up. Don't hide it. Don't try to act like everything is okay. Because, you know, we're, we're all, he's calling us closer. This, I love this because this, the, in these moments, these are moments where God is calling us closer to his heart. Whereas the enemy wants you to conceal, cover, suffer in silence, God is saying, no, I want you to run to me. He said, I want you to come boldly to the throne of God. And so he wants you to run, run to him. And so I want you to take a moment and just 
Ask God to shine the light on the areas of my heart that have become an open door for the enemy. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. I'm going to give everybody just, just a moment. Shine your light. Shine your light, Jesus. Show us the things, God, that, that have been an open door for the enemy. Whether if it's bitterness, if it's hatred towards another person, if it's unforgiveness, if it's addiction, if it's my words that have been speaking death over my situation or death over other people's situations, shine your light. Your love is abounding in this place right now, God. I thank you, God, that you're drawing us closer. We're going to take this moment to be drawn closer to the heart of the king. Confess those things. Confess those things to the king. Your daddy, your father. He says to come. He's here to set us free. He's here for the broken. And so if you need him right now, he is here. And so, Father, we thank you right now, God. We confess those things, God, that have been an open door, God. We ask for healing over our hearts. We ask that, that we would just plug ourselves so deeply into your love, Father, that our grace, that our faith increases like never before. The things that the enemy tried to get us with, won't work moving forward. So the second part of that scripture is that the first part was confess and the second part of Proverbs 28 and 13 was to renounce. And I was like, well, God, explain what renounce is so I could fully understand. So I looked it up. <laughs> it says renounce means to give up, especially by a formal announcement, to decide or declare that no one will know that that one will no longer adhere to a belief or a position or to reject. Renounce means to reject. All right. Remember that life and death are in the power of your tongue. So your words can break the power of the enemy. Yeah. And so renounce means to to declare something to to reject it. And so for an example, I told my auntie, I said, auntie. I said, renounce COVID. She was like, what? I said, say it with your mouth. I said, renounce COVID. I explained what renounce means to reject. I said, say it with your mouth. Renounce it. She was like, I renounce COVID. Lord. Then I began to pray. She broke something in the spirit realm with her words, y'all. Even if she fully didn't understand, God saw her heart. And so right now, the things that the enemy has been trying to get you with. I want you to take a moment and renounce that. Yes. Renounce rejection. Renounce fear. Yes. 
Renounce anger and addiction. Renounce the lies of the enemy. Renounce the enemy in your marriage. Stand on the word of God. Use your words. Renounce that thing. Come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. It's in your words. It's in your words. Come against every open door that the enemy has tried to use to come in. Just take a moment. And see, this takes transparency. Thank you, Father. This takes humility. It takes surrender. It takes you yielding. This isn't going to be just another Sunday service. From this point on, you're, if you've done this, if you're doing this in sincerity, your life will change. Because you're standing on his word. Your life will change. And so, Father God, I thank you right now for, for your children, God. I thank you for, for your love that you're pouring out in this place right now. And so we come against every attack of the enemy, Father. In the name of Jesus. And we're casting it down. In Jesus' name. He is defeated. He is a defeated foe. He can't have our minds. He can't have our hearts. We belong to the King. Father, we belong to you. The last thing that God told me to tell you, to tell his people is to forgive. Some of the things that we go through and even some of the open doors that the enemy have, have gotten in is beyond our control. Some people are, are abused. Some people have gone through things that, that have just been a circumstance, but the enemy, he doesn't play fair. He gets in any way he wants to, any way he can. And so God reminded me that, that we have to come to a place of forgiveness. Matthew 6 and 15 says, but if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. Unforgiveness is an open door. Unforgiveness takes root in your heart and turns into bitterness. Unforgiveness can even manifest in your, in your body, in your health. But God requires us to forgive those who've wronged us. Because he forgave us. He forgives us. Ephesians 4 and 26 says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fueled by revenge, not even for a day. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let slanderous the slanderous accuser of the devil have an opportunity to manipulate you. So the anger... The bitterness, the unforgiveness has to go in the name of Jesus. So I'm just going to pray. Let's stand. Let's stand. I'm closing. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
faith works and is expressed by love. Which brings you right back to the feet of the Father, right back to the face and faith, the face-to-face -face intimate encounter with the King. And so, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we've confessed, we've renounced, God, we've forgiven. And now, Holy Spirit, show up and do what only you can do. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I come, I come against every spirit of fear. You have to go in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, every addiction, every addiction has to go in the name of Jesus. All anxiety has got to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we release your kingdom in this place, God. Your freedom in this place, God. Your power in this place. Those things that you've renounced have got to go in the name of Jesus. The spirit of infirmity, I command you out in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. All bitterness that has tried to take root, Lord God, in the heart of your children, I command you to loose them in the name of Jesus. All strife, all jealousy, go right now in Jesus' name. Father, that your love would abound. That your grace would abound, oh God. That your peace in their minds would abound. So right now, I come against the lie of the enemy that has been trying to torment your mind right now. In the name of Jesus, go in the name of Jesus. I command every tormenting spirit, those who can't even sleep at night. Yes, Holy Spirit. There are some who cannot get proper sleep. And so right now in the name of Jesus, I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Loose them right now in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare freedom over your children. Life and life more abundantly over your children right now in the name of Jesus. All heaviness. And even sadness. I, I hear the, the Holy Spirit saying sadness. That spirit of sadness has to leave now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of heaviness has to leave now in the name of Jesus. Lift up off their shoulders right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. So right now, God, I declare freedom right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father, right now, those who may have felt rejected, those who may have felt abandoned, right now, I close that door in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit to loose and to leave them in the name of Jesus. Go. Go now. Father, I speak your love. I release it now in this place. I release your peace now in this place, God. I release, I release it, God. And so touch your people. Touch their hearts now, God. Let them feel you. Touch their hearts. I come against the spirit of infirmity that has been trying to attack people's bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, I come against it right now. You can't say, loose their bodies. I speak healing over them now. 
speak healing over them now. And so you, if you have something that you couldn't do, try to move in faith and say, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. Move in faith. In the name of Jesus, I am healed. And so right now, every spirit of infirmity, loose. Loose now. Go. All that heaviness out of their backs right now in the name of Jesus. All those burdens they've been carrying, go right now in the name of Jesus. All the heaviness the enemy has been trying to bound you with, I command it off of you in the name of Jesus. Go. Go. Thank you, Father. So, God, we thank you right now for your word. Father, let us not leave here the same. Let us leave here plugged into your love like never before, God. Hearing your word so that our faith will grow. Increase our faith. Increase our faith, God. Let us fight this good fight of faith well. Let us live an abundant life well. No more pressure down. No more heavy burden. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom. So we thank you, God. Just have your way, God. That Let us know, God, you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us, oh God. And for that, we say thank you. For that, we say thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Can we just take a moment to thank God for what he's done and what he's doing? Um, if you can just sing this with me.
So I hear the Holy Spirit saying that there are some attacks upon marriages that the enemy has been trying to attack and to come between marriages. And this weekend, me and my husband had the opportunity to go off alone without the kids. And I really didn't understand, really didn't realize how much I needed that time. Like we're good, but to slip away and have that moment, I needed that. And so if you're facing challenges in your marriage, I hear him saying, surrender. Surrender. Allow me to do the work on you. Sometimes we're so busy focusing on the other person. When God's trying to do some things in us. And so right now, God, I speak your healing over marriages, God. Over those who are, are experiencing a distance between them and their spouse. Father God, I ask that you would step in and do what only you can do. Yes. Father, we surrender our marriages to you, every part of our lives to you right now in the name of Jesus. And so right now, God, I just ask that you would heal our hearts. Yes, Lord, some of us have become bitter towards our spouse. And so right now, God, he wants to uproot the bitterness. He wants to take that hardened heart and he wants to make it soft again. And so, God, I ask that you would have your way. I yield myself. Just yield yourself to the king because he cares about every aspect of your life. He cares about every aspect of your life. And so right now, God, I speak unity over their marriage. Right now, God, I speak peace in their household, God. Father, I ask that you would rekindle the thing that was once kindled. Father God, take them back to the beginning. Take them back to the start, God, that started it all. And so, God, I ask that you would do a work in me. Do a work in me, Jesus. Take a moment and pray for your spouse. Pray for them. Your prayers avails much. Your words avails much. When he's not home or she's not home, speak over her. In the name of Jesus, I declare you're a mighty man of God. In the name of Jesus, I declare you are a mighty woman of God. We will have a good marriage. Satan, you can't have them. Satan, you can't have her. In the name of Jesus, begin to speak the word and stand firm on the word of God. God wants us to live in abundance. And it's not an abundance per se in money, but in abundance. In peace and joy and hope and love. Yes. Thank you. And so, Father, I thank you, God, for what you've done this day. Father, I thank you that you are not a routine God. Father, I thank you that you are not a let's go through the motions God. Father, I thank you that you are living, you are breathing, you are powerful. You are the king of all kings. And you've come. You're in us. And so as we leave this place, I pray that this word has taken root into our hearts. Father, that we would walk in freedom that you paid the price for us to have.
not only to save us from our sins, to save us from going to hell, but that on earth now, thy kingdom come, thy will be done now, just as it is in heaven, that we would walk in life and life more abundant. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak blessings and freedom in this house. And those who are listening and watching, in Jesus' name I pray, amen.